0: Nickflix what's in the queue all right welcome everyone to another episode of Nickflix today uh, we will be discussing underrated Disney animated features I'm excited to have as a guest today uh, she is the co-host of let's jaws for a minute please welcome Sarah buttery
1: hello thanks so much for having me
0: Oh, no, thank you. Uh, I'm happy to have you as a guest. And it's cool <laughs> to kind of flip it for a change instead of being a guest on your podcast. So
1: Yeah, shoe is on the <laughs> other foot. I feel like I, I should be, I don't know, clicking some buttons or doing something important. But I'm like, no, no, this is all in your hands now.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'll be the one clicking and, and, and hitting the wrong thing. So don't <laughs> worry. you don't have to worry about that. But it is like, oh, I'm going to not, we don't have to talk about Jaws, which is a little sad because we talk about that all the time, but (laughs) this is like the exact opposite of Jaws. We're talking Mm -hmm. about Disney today. Um, But uh, if you would like to kind of talk a little bit about uh, yourself, just for my, you know, for my new uh, audience to get to know you a little bit, um, and then we could kind of get into the topic for today, which I think we're going to have a lot to say about these movies
1: hmm. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, I'm the co-host of Let's Jaws for a Minute, which went minute by minute through the greatest film ever made, which is Jaws, uh, just in case you didn't know. And <laughs> we are now kind of branching out a bit further than that. So we're sort of covering things connected to the film in some way. So we've been covering other Spielberg films we're going to cover other shark films other films that I've got the main cast in so that's been really really fun and uh yeah prior to that I did a quite an extensive series uh for Jumpcast which was going through all the Walt Disney animated classics so that's going from Snow White through to strange world i think that's the yeah. la- latest say, one but is that we the... didn't cover that far <laughs> i was
0: gonna say yeah is that the 60th one now or like 61st something like that aren't they in the 60s now in animated yeah,
1: yeah. it gets a bit complicated because the uk canon is different to the us canon mm. don't get started on that because it's the whole <laughs> thing um but when when we were doing it we were going by the us canon and our one that we finished up on that series because that was the last one at the time of doing it was uh, Raya and the Last Dragon Um, but since then there's been Encanto and Strange World so uh, yeah very very familiar (laughs) with Disney I feel like a lot of people you know grew up with it so those are the films of my childhood and then kind of newfound appreciation for it as an adult just Looking at it as a, I mean, doing it chronologically was just fascinating because you sort of see it go from hand drawn to sort of like introduction of computer animation uh, techniques into kind of like full computer animated and just seeing that change and transition. I found super, super interesting and yeah, I had a very knowledgeable co-host who would uh, give me a little history lesson each episode as well. So those were really, really fun. But yeah, Disney is, Disney and Jaws are kind of like my main things i feel like when i'm booked as a podcast guest it's usually one of those things and i'm absolutely (laughs) fine i'm absolutely fine with that
0: (laughs) yeah i was i was uh, like we were discussing i'm like what could i have sarah on because because part of doing my own podcast what i was excited for is i'm like oh cool i could invite sarah and mj but i'm like i don't want to do jaws because i I got you know i was i I truly felt blessed to get to be a guest a couple times on there because what you guys did to break down a minute by minute of of one of my all-time favorite movies but like the commitment to actually go (laughs) just about a minute by minute of that movie Mm -hmm. because obviously Mm -hmm. sometimes you had to go a few seconds over um but it was one of those where i remember i discovered your podcast by like episode six and like you probably discover lots of podcasts it was by accident i just had Mm -hmm. saw something Mm -hmm. that said let's jaws for a minute and i was like i wanna oh what's that and i i dm'd you guys because i was like oh there's a really good episode you're like oh what did you think of the first five and i'm like oh yeah i really started it i'm like ooh, oops i need to go back now and listen to the the first five part of with me is i never seem to read things correctly so i should have known when you guys were not talking about the very beginning of the movie that i'm like oh yeah i definitely i definitely skipped a few but so, while we won't be breaking down any of these movies minute by minute, I, I do recall <laughs> you mentioning um, The Great Mouse Detective. So, uh, mm-hmm. to segue to to what my discussion topics are today is that, I mean, Disney has really dominated, well, with Pixar as well, especially the last, mm-hmm. like, 25, 30 years, the animated film industry, um, but... It wasn't always that way, and I, I'm sure you've seen it. And for all the folks who haven't, there's a great documentary called *Waking Sleeping Beauty* on Disney Plus. Free plug for them uh, on that, and uh, it's all about the history, especially of the, starting in like the '70s and '80s and '90s of Disney animation. And how in the 80s, they were strongly considering getting rid of the animation division, which mm-hmm. seems crazy now. But at the time, they were coming off of one of the biggest, I guess, one of the biggest animated flops of that time, which was the Black Cauldron. And Oof. they were yeah. really, yeah, exactly. And I guarantee you, a lot of people listening are like, what the hell is that movie? There, there's a reason why <laughs> Disney has not promoted the Black Cauldron. And um. In the documentary, they kind of talk about like the renaissance of Disney animated films and the one that gets so overlooked because box office, it it did pretty well. It did go up Mm -hmm. against American Tales. So obviously that was a stiff competition. But the movie that I consider the calm before the Disney animation storm is The Great Mouse Detective, um, which came out in 1986 and is essentially a kid friendly version of Sherlock Holmes with making but as a mouse basically like if you're going to disneyfy something it has to be of an animal <laughs> um and now why i think that this one's truly underrated is first of all i i used rotten tomatoes and imdb now again these are just a tool in the toolbox this is not the end-all be-all but it's only got a 76 percent on rotten tomatoes which i was like oh this should this should at least be high 80s in my opinion like at the lowest um and it's only a 7.1 on imdb and this movie, having just rewatched it last night in preparation for this, it flies by. It's an hour and 16 minutes that goes by mm-hmm. so quick. And uh, I'll let you get into kind of what you like about it. Um, but but it is one where I think you have a, a very fun villain in Radikan, played by the great Vincent Price, who has like the ultimate James Bond bad guy moment of the booby trap that he sets <laughs> him up in to to uh, kill the main character which is basil of baker street um who is the great mouse detective but it's so like you know if you're going to write a bad guy who who comes up with a crazy idea re-watching that last night i'm like he really was like this will for sure kill him because he will either get <laughs> snapped <laughs> by a mousetrap shot with an arrow shot with a gun or crushed uh <laughs> you know and uh it just reminded me of like those great Bond, like, oh, Mr. Bond, how are you going to get out of this situation? Mm-hmm, you know, let's mm-hmm. go into the long description. So, but go ahead. I want to hear kind of what you like about this movie.
1: Yeah, I I went on a real journey with this film because it wasn't one that I'd watched that much as, as a kid. I was a 90s baby. So basically Little Mermaid through to kind of Mulan, Tarzan, that was like my... Era of Disney and watch some of the sort of like older ones as well. And for the longest time, thought that all of the Disney films came out in the nineties, regardless of <laughs> what that was. When I found out how old Bambi was, I was like. <laughs> That's not. That's not true. That that
0: that's a good call because a lot of us didn't watch those movies. I'm I was born in the '89, so basically a Mm -hmm. '90s baby. But a lot of us discovered Disney movies by VHS and being Mm -hmm. like, "Those came out when?" It didn't. It didn't register when you're a kid how old those movies were.
1: Yeah, absolutely wild. Because like, yeah, we we had a lot of them on VHS, and they also, I mean, Disney the shrewd businessman that that little mouse is is they will put their they will re-release the films just over and over and over again so i saw some of the kind of like old disney films like at the cinema so you can imagine little five-year-old sarah getting confused like when these films came out like when i eventually found out i was like no freaking way (laughs) because i'd seen them at the cinema so i was just like they're new films but yeah anyway the, the great mouse detective was one that just kind of passed me by i'd seen it but not sort of really loved it and then i before we started our podcast series i i watched it and i was just like i don't know it's kind of dark and a bit weird and like there were some bits in it that definitely creeped me out which we'll, which we'll get to but then i i don't know if it was just the way that we did the podcast series where we were kind of going chronologically and we it, we came off of a bad run as well i mean i'm just looking at the order now but uh for if you sort of think, like, post-Walt post, post Walt Disney's death, which is 1967, around that time, um, Aristocats is the first one that was released after Walt died. And then you've got Robin Hood, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Rescuers, Fox and the Hound, Black Cauldron, and then The Great Mouse Detective. That was quite a bad run. Like, I, I like Aristocats, and I like Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And the others not
0: a fan oh, you <laughs> in like that, that sort hood? of oh man I, I, love, that. Like, I love I do that
1: not like I do not like Robin Hoods yeah <laughs> I'm so
0: sorry not a fan I have a, a a bias because I love the guy who does Little John because he does oh
1: sure you know yeah, he's, yeah.
0: he's O'Malley and he like his voice I'm like oh if I could sound like that that would be amazing <laughs> but yeah no okay but you know what fair because again like we are kind of the point of this is that those were not like what be ki- like kids would call bangers nowadays. Yeah, where it's like those mm-hmm. movies are not ones that Disney. You don't really see them push a lot of their stuff between the like 60s and really until like Little Mermaid. It's like all those mm-hmm. movies just kind of get like, oh yeah, every once in a while we'll throw in like an aristocrat like Aristocats thing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know Fox and the Hound a little bit, but that one's super sad too. That is a uh, that that's yeah. not exactly a, a very cheerful movie, but but okay, sorry. Continue, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I then when we got, like we were obviously re- we were rewatching them for the for the podcast, like coming off of such a bad run, I like threw on the Great Mouse Detective, and I saw it was like at, what an hour fifteen or something, and I was like, great, love a short film, and I just had the best time with it, and I think it helped that my my co host for that Disney series was so passionate about great mouse detective (laughs) or something like he loved that film and i think that that just enthusiasm sort of like rubbed off on me a little bit and i was like this film is actually brilliant and we maintain that that is the start of the, the the disney renaissance so officially it's the little mermaid in 1989 and oliver and company is kind of tucked in there as well and exists but you know whatever the start of the renaissance is great mouse detective i think you can you can see so much of what was going to come after like from that point it effectively brings in some of the new animation techniques mm-hmm. with the old feels like a very classic story because i mean it is it's a it's a, a you know what's the sherlock holmes that's the best. yes yes yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, like, sherlock you should holmes, know this like, he's i know he's, this is my oh, stomping ground y- yeah <laughs>
0: part why I wanted you up too is I was like oh cool I actually have a guest from the uh, other side of the (laughs) pond who could appreciate the great mouse detective
1: yeah I've got a I've got a cheese crumpet in my hand (laughs) as we speak like (laughs) yeah it's 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 that old-fashioned story but sort of like given that Disney twist like you said and I just I'm a I'm a real sucker for a film where it's like a parallel little animal world exists sort of Mm -hmm. in tandem with the real world it's like you can see the the guy like living in the house who is you know supposed to be sherlock holmes or whatever and then below there's this little mouse version of sherlock holmes and i just love that it's just such a fun concept so this the, film the is part
0: is, is was there like a jack the ripper mouse living under like ooh, jack the ripper's apartment that's uh um, yeah maybe they scrapped that storyline and i this, would but... watch <laughs> the hell out of that
1: <laughs> a little jack the ripper mouse could you imagine <laughs>
0: No, I don't it's think Disney was ready to go that dark. But but you do mm. bring up some great points that, again, you you really have to be a movie film nerd to appreciate the animation style that they, because they started using that computer look. And, and if you rewatch the movie, it's clear as day is, is in the, the third act when they're fighting in Big Ben. That's when they're mm. like, oh, let's use a different, style of animation and it looks fantastic it really does it's actually Mm -hmm. re-watching the third act i'm like that is a very creative cool um well you know third act of a of a of a kids movie where you're like oh man there actually feels like semi stakes there and it's just Mm -hmm. like oh what a cool way instead of just the the chase it's like okay now they gotta navigate through this giant clock which to a mouse is like even bigger and it's a it's a very fun ending but but it also has uh two really good bad guy numbers um mm-hmm. with with the the song introducing Ratigan, which is great because it's just <laughs> a song about this great criminal mind who you find out early on and again it gets kind of dark is don't call him a rat and that poor little <laughs> bartholomew mouse who's drunk off his little mouse ass in that scene and you're just like oh, what's he going to do to him? And then it's like, oh, he's going to feed him to a cat. And then, and now everyone has to sing again like it didn't just happen. You're like, <laughs> oh, damn, Radikin don't play that game. You you learn that on. No, I- you're like, he is, he's pretty vicious. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Goodbye So Soon, the recorded song. So this is why he's such a good mastermind. He recorded a song to play for Basil as he knows he's going to kill him. It's it's so like, again, it, it's that... It's like that classic old school. They don't make villains like that, really, not to mm-hmm. be old man yelling at the clouds, but like it's a fun, it's just a cool way to be like, oh, as soon as my song is done playing, so for the next four <laughs> minutes, you have to listen to me constantly saying uh, our story and how I bested you. Oh, and then you're going <laughs> to die. It's that's like, that's how you would get Sherlock, a Sherlock Holmes type character because it's all about the mind games with them.
1: Mm hmm it's the level of petty that i aspire to is like mm-hmm. i'm going to make this guy suffer and i'm going to i'm going to play him a song of me singing that i'm going to make him suffer <laughs> as the last thing he hears before he dies i mean all hail rattigan because that is it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's such a great move and i i just love how madcap this this film is i mean like the james bond comparison is is really interesting as well because i think i mean the austin powers films are parody of james bond films aren't they so that Mm -hmm. uh that sort of like ratigan's plan is like i'm gonna make a mechanical queen and then i'm gonna like take over london and it's just like that (laughs) is very like dr evil's kind of insane (laughs) plans isn't it of like putting you know lasers on sharks heads and that sort of thing like it's it's so wacky and so out there that it's just just brings that real like sense of fun to the film and yeah
0: it also uses toys really well because of like the one of the best scenes in the movie is when so a quick backstory in case again you've not seen the movie essentially what happens there's uh, a a dad mouse and his daughter the dad's a toy maker gets kidnapped and the daughter goes and finds uh the sherlock holmes who is basil of baker street along with dr david q dawson who is such a fun sidekick uh Mm. to him because he's just like this very honorable guy who's kind of getting caught up in all this and uh he has he has a very funny scene we will talk about with a when he gets drunk there's a couple drunk mice in this movie um But when they're, when they're trying to figure out why the dad was kidnapped, they go to a toy shop, and that's where Radigan's little peg-legged... Oh, God, that was a real tongue twister. Uh, peg-legged, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> little bat, uh, you know, number two, named Fidget, who's great, with that, like, really raspy voice of his. Mm. Uh, but he kidnaps little Olivia, and they chase him through this toy shop, and it's really fun. I think the the scene as a kid. So this, this for me was my favorite movie as a kid. And I used to recreate that scene with all my toys. Now they didn't have great mouse detective toys. So I would just use like beanie babies, but the, (laughs) when he gets the monkey with the two, uh, uh, you know, the two drums and they bang him in the head. I just always thought that was so funny. Uh, I don't know why, but like getting the, the, the getting hit in the head with drums of any kind was just really funny. But like, that whole chase scene is great. They're going through a toy shop. You have, he like jumps on the little horse. That's like, uh, has like the little spring in it to help him like jump around. Like this was really creative way to be like, okay, instead of just chasing them through the streets, let's do something. Let's take advantage of the fact that they're mice and they're small. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's one of like, you know, the, the other, there's only three musical numbers. So again, very on Disney because usually Disney was, filled with them and which is kind of out of nowhere when when uh basil and uh and dawson have to be disguised as low-life ruffians and go down to a a sewer pub because they're trying to find radigan's lair and uh in the making of this movie i I forget the actress because she only comes in as this female mouse she Uh goes i read the script and thought wow i get to be a sexy mouse (laughs) <laughs> and like basically puts on like a burlesque show for them after, <laughs> after uh, Dawson is uh, very drugged and very drunk and like that whole little musical number is just hilarious uh, mm-hmm, with her singing mm-hmm. to all these like you know ruffian mice and lizards and stuff and. <laughs> it's like that's that's like the fun it's just fun parts of the movie and again it like breezes by i feel like if you blink you're already to like the third act of that movie mm. it, it really moves quick
1: yeah it i i write in my notes it just absolutely rips and i love the the <laughs> the kind of like cold open as well like before we mm-hmm. get introduced to to basil so it sort of builds up this you know who is this character what when are we going to meet him and you sort of see like what happens you know this Uh, the the father getting kidnapped um but we don't know any more than that so like, creates this air of this air of mystery and i just think that's that's a great way to start the film and just like set piece to set piece but it all feels like part of the story it's just like it's very clear like they want to find the bad guy and the bad guy is kind of doing his madcap schemes to build a robot queen and like there's just yeah. so many fun things that happen along the way but yes. i mean that's, moments that's a like good, that
0: i was gonna say it's a good plot when you find out like oh that's why he kidnapped a toy maker because that's the yeah. only reason that would make <laughs> sense but also remember my wife being like who thought that mouse was really the queen i'm like it's 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 a movie where mice are talking you kind of have to throw <laughs> reality out the window and uh... yeah
1: yeah and a character called ratigan i mean the clue yeah. is in the name and tries to convince everyone that he's a mouse so
0: <laughs> and why i don't know it's like you like everyone fears you anyway so just mm. you should own it but but it is like a, a um it is go- it's really good with its set pieces it also has a really good score i love that opening song when after uh mr flabbersham gets which, what a great name i don't know if that was a bunch of americans who have never been over to uh to england writing last names but flabbersham so to to me i couldn't think of a better name for a mouse uh yeah, good. <laughs> and when he you know it it, it, you, it has the cold open and then it goes into the song to like introduce all the actors the name of it and I love that song. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to pretend to hum it right now, but definitely a, a very underrated uh, theme for a movie. But um, it also was originally supposed to be called Basil of Baker Street. And it's and, and in that documentary, The Waking Sleeping Beauty, it shows you how the animators were like, they were so bummed when, you know, from the, the, up, the higher ups are like, we got to call it the great mouse detective because it'll be more marketable. And it's like, Ah oh, man, just when you were going to let us make kind of a, a cool movie, you mm. they still have to kind of put the screws to them showing them like it's still a business. We yeah, <laughs> we're 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 taking a chance on this movie. And like it, it did fine at the box office again. It wasn't like some huge hit. I just think it's one that, um you know, with Disney Plus now, I feel like what they what they should could focus on is maybe trying to take some of their lesser known movies And do like a little like 10 episode like mini series following, you know, like, like each episode's a different tale of the great mouse of Basil and and Dawson and working cases together. Like just something Mm -hmm. fun to be like, hey, guys, let's not forget about like the ones that came before the the more well-known movies, Uh, especially because it's like, well, you're just looking to fill content. So it's like, what better way than (laughs) to kind of take your your less popular stuff and maybe help shed some light on it? So. Anyone from Disney Plus listening that I, I you don't have to pay me for that great idea but you should <laughs> definitely think about doing a little great mouse no pun intended little great mouse <laughs> detective series yeah. uh on that Disney would, Plus.
1: That would super work for this like the more I think about it the more I'm like that is brilliant. Have you have you seen the I think it's called Zootropolis Plus? On Disney Plus, it's a yes. lame name, but... yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. the the little mini stories from Zootopia, which, yeah, work yeah, really yeah, well yeah. And are fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry, yeah, Zootopia, not good. Yeah, they changed the name of it in this country, which is stupid.
0: Something that's good to know is that it's not the same for everyone, it's uh,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> country to I mean, country, it, like they changed the name of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, the great mouse detective here is called Basil the Great Mouse Detective, so case in point, interesting, but, interesting, yeah. The that that sort of like <laughs> I-, I watched that series and I, I really enjoy Zootopia. I think it's a it's a great film mm-hmm. because again it's this like small little animal world that is like like the human world but not and it seems to just kind of exist in its own thing. Like we don't really see the humans, but it's still just a really cool idea like there's a lot of cool world building in that and i love that it sort of like fills in some of the gaps in in the in the film like mm-hmm. you see what happens to the parents after she like gets on the train or or you know the 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 little mouse and how she ends up almost getting hit by a donut and it's sort of like it slots into the film like really nicely and i'm like i absolutely would watch some <laughs> something like that <laughs> with the great mouse detective characters and i this could have if this came out now, this would be a series that like ran and ran and ran. This would be like multiple films because it's just, the material is so ripe for that. When you've got this sort of detective solving mysteries, each you know film can be different. There doesn't even necessarily need to be kind of continuity because yeah, different mysteries to be solved. Maybe there is a little mouse Jack the Ripper that he has to like try and find. <laughs> that would be great. But that as a series or series of films i mean i i feel like i feel like that sort of ship has sailed but if i mean you're right it's a it's a it's a popular film like people do really like this film but it's it's not one that often comes up in people's like top 10 lists or whatever but when you say
0: there's like no merchandise for it it.
1: none (laughs) at all i want uh actually i have the funko pops of the of great mouse detective
0: i, I do i have ba- I have basil i'm looking at him right now
1: yeah i've got basil and ratigan this
0: they're, so, yeah. <laughs> they're so cool yeah, I, need to, I need to i need to order him um i actually found at uh animal kingdom last may when when we took my family um i found a i saw someone had a great mouse detective pin which oh. is it's like one of these things where these when you're, like, a Disney nerd, you you spend a lot of money on these frickin' pins, and, uh, and then not that they're that expensive, but you just are like, oh, that movie and that movie, and they're really good at showing, like, yeah. random Disney stuff, and I saw it on someone's bag, and I was like, where did you get that Great Mouse Detective pin? And he goes, it's somewhere at one of the stores here, so, like, every gift shop, I'm checking and checking, <laughs> and I finally found it, and I'm like, that's one pin I'm definitely getting, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's, like, no great mouse detective merch at all like it's very few and far between
1: yeah and no representation in the parks either like you don't see the characters in the parade or in the meets and greets or anything it's like i would freaking love that like i just (laughs) it no wonder it's a film that people like don't talk about because there isn't the merchandise for it it doesn't have the representation in the parks which is where you sort of you know the enduring legacy of a lot of the classic disney films you still have that those represented in the parks i mean particularly like the, the the princesses and everything obviously everyone knows those characters but even you know the the old characters kind of like the original characters goofy and donald and everything like they are all represented in in the park and that sort of keeps those characters going even though there isn't necessarily tons of new material starring those characters coming out now but like where is basil at the parks that's what i want to know (laughs) well
0: it's funny when you mentioned the the not new projects with like the classic characters the last movie we're going to talk about i'm going to get i'm going to get to that point so we will revisit that because uh the the last one that we'll talk about today is a classic you know i call it the og (laughs) disney characters and uh i i'm gonna bring that up so we will we will circle back to that um (laughs) now we're going to kind of combine these next two movies, not not combine them because they're like sequels or anything, but they're two movies that I think the style of one animation led to the other. And that's Hercules and The Emperor's New Groove, um, two movies that I think are two of Disney's funniest and just most fun movies, mm-hmm. um, very vibrant, very colorful. but. If you watch those movies, the style, the animation style is very similar. They almost look like they could have been in the same world. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, both of them, like, now I'll say this, Emperor's New Groove has a better uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. It's like an 86%, which makes sense, but it's it's still one that I feel like, A, it, it was the last actual hand-drawn animated movie until princess and the frog which this came out in 2000 princess the frog was 2009 there was a nice eight-year gap of no really disney animated movies in the mid 2000s weren't a thing it was all pixar which was fine Mm -hmm. because pixar pixar banged out a lot of good classics but i feel like the emperor's new groove um and hercules were kind of the more meta kind of commentary on what's going on you have in hercules there's a great merchandising jokes with like i'm an action figure and (laughs) and um the emperor's new groove i think is disney's kind of version of what deadpool is in the mcu and and how (laughs) how i i justify that is again it doesn't mean they're a similar character obviously deadpool's rated r but both of those characters Cusco and 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 Deadpool, like, break the fourth wall, narrate their movie. There's a lot of cutback to, like, them talking about, like, okay, I wasn't that bad of a guy in this, or what the heck's going on? Like, there's just this, like, different style in Emperor's New Groove where Cusco is a jerk, but he's also a funny narrator because it's 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 him winking at the camera constantly, and, and it was different because Disney hadn't really done that in an animated movie, um, and it also gives... Uh, one of the best villains that that again, <laughs> very underrated in Isma, played mm. by the amazing Eartha Kit. Um, and she's so funny in that movie. Again, th- <laughs> this might be Disney's funniest movie, is that person I think yeah. pound for pound. Um and uh so kind of now you were a kid of the 90s, so Hercules came out in 97, so that's probably like right in your kid fandom wheelhouse because i know it was for me i mean i remember the toys the commercial i remember going to see it in in uh theaters um and it was definitely one of those movies where i was like i had to have every action figure or every stuffed mm-hmm. animal uh the coloring for some reason the coloring book i really remember having the coloring <laughs> book because the movie's so colorful that it was like perfect this is the perfect movie to have a coloring book for um mm-hmm. so kind of like what was some of your th- Kind of, you know thoughts on on those movies and uh kind of what it was like for you growing up uh on especially because again we were we were right at that age for these two movies really uh mm-hmm. between 97 and 2000
1: yeah it's it's really interesting because i think i probably brought this up on the 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 disney podcast that i did but when it when it got to this era basically from when toy story came out um Me and my family would kind of do one big, maybe two cinema trips like a year. Um, it would usually be like in the summer holidays or something, like when you know mum or something was off work and she could take us. So when the Pixar films like started coming out, we we were fully like Team Pixar. Like those were the films that we saw at the cinema. So we didn't see Hercules or Empress New Groove at the cinema, but definitely definitely had them on home video, which I think is really interesting i mean maybe that i i'm the only person that that applies to but yeah it was the kind of like what are we gonna see at the cinema and we went to see like this new, the, the new style of animation like the the <laughs> toy stories and the bugs life and that sort of thing and then the the hand drawn ones were the ones that we watched at home i mean there's there's probably That's literally nothing in that but i i certainly remember and i remember like hercules they, they really went in on their merchandise for that didn't they i mean it's funny there's oh, yeah. a joke in the film but like there i remember there was some mcdonald's toys mm-hmm. there are these there are these plates i don't know if they were a, U- well, I I a us only thing
0: those even up until the <laughs> mid to late 2000s i think we had like one of those plates left and then i don't know what happened to it but yeah i f- think as of like 2010 we still had one of those plates um
1: nick all i want is the muses plate and i look <laughs> all the time for it on ebay <laughs> like all the oh, time man. they're you really hard to get <laughs>
0: I mean, you like, could make a fortune on those. If, damn a, if
1: you had this, if you had the full set, I mean, they sell for for quite a lot. I'm hoping I just like luck out one day in, like a, a <laughs> thrift store or something, and I find one for like 10p or something. That would be great because <laughs> I would be very happy then. But yeah, they 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 were were they McDonald's the plates
0: or were they they were like um I I think they were McDonald's. Uh, yeah. If if I'm not mistaken, because. So it's, this is weird, but uh, a movie we're going to talk about next is The Hunchback, and I remember specifically those being Burger King toys. And, right. and I remember Hercules because those movies were 96 and 97. And now, so when I was a kid, my dad worked for a, a, a delivery company that would deliver bread and buns, and like mm-hmm. he would go and deliver to McDonald's and, and Burger King, and they'd always give them toys of like, you know, I mean, they're cheap and whatever, but like as a kid, it was like, hey, look, I just brought you all these Hercules toys. And It's like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like, it was always like, what movie's out that is going to, like, give my dad some cool toys? Um, mm. And I remember uh, the the Hercules ones, I, I'm pretty positive were McDonald's because those it was yeah. those plates. Yeah. The plates, which is such genius by McDonald's uh, to be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we'll get people to buy. It's like the Beanie Baby Madness thing. They'll just buy food just to get... You know those toys, <laughs> and then who gives a crap whether they eat it or not?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm just looking now, and there's some going for like the full set for like fifty nine, sixty dollars on eBay. I mean, That's not for bad. a couple of plates that like. I mean, think how much like a ha- they would come with a Happy Meal, right? Which is only. I mean mm-hmm. it's like one ninety nine here or yeah, something. Yeah, if we're
0: looking back in the nineties, yeah, that's like a yeah. like under two bucks.
1: Yeah, ridiculous. I and mean, you know, getting like a, a full ass plate that is now worth like probably like ten, fifteen dollars like per plate. That's absolutely ridiculous. I need you... to come off eBay because I can see a muse as one and it's not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving I mean, the website now.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean that might not be that might not be bad. We can make podcast history where you win a bid on a muse plate. <laughs> uh, so but
1: Yeah, now, stay tuned to the end of the episode. See yeah, yeah. if I get it.
0: <laughs> no, that'll be the cliffhanger where we're gonna yeah. be like, did Sarah purchase the the muse plate? Stay tuned for another episode and we find out. And then it's just a quick ten seconds of you being like, Yeah, no, nah, I decided not to get it.
1: <laughs> or me eating some delicious of yeah, money. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you're like, I'm eating my cheese crumpets off of my <laughs> new Hercules muse plate. It comes full <laughs> circle. <laughs> exactly. Uh now, so Hercules, now, th- that opening is really good, and you have the muses. It's a fun musical number. Now, Hercules definitely is the more, like, traditional musical. You have the intro song. You have mm-hmm. the – now, now now all these movies we're talking about don't have Disney princesses, which I think is part of why they're underrated because that was where they did kind of, like, the more I- – I call them, like, the more Oscar-type movies, it's just the movies mm-hmm. that had the bigger – appeal were the disney princesses movies because they always made good ones which which is fine but like hercules it was the you know what's my goal in life song which has always been a princess is the first time it's really like for you know you're you're trying to hook in everyone it's like okay well here's this this kid it's his song about he doesn't fit in you know his story is actually really tragic i mean he basically is kidnapped after like what the what the what you presume is like not very long it's like a couple days mm-hmm. you know and he's already he gets kidnapped uh it, the, the whole intro into the like where you see mount olympus is great the music's great the animation and then you see all the gods are really colorful and then you get introduced to hades who again like yzma is a great very funny bad guy uh where it's like, it, it is funny to think about uh but like james wood's basically just doing like these <laughs> these like funny what and and they're kind of like that like schmaltzy you know it's it's like the the schmaltzy jewish guy type humor you know mm-hmm. um oh and uh and it works so well though he's such a good bad guy in this movie where you're just <laughs> like yeah you see he's evil but it's like he's also just annoyed by everyone in the movie <laughs> and has like <laughs> has like no time to talk about anything except for his master plan. And if you're going to talk to him about other stuff, it's just like, ah, I don't care.
1: Mm, I, Hades and Yzma are, are quite similar, I think, yeah. in their... In their villainy they're sort of you know just constantly irritated by everyone yeah. around them and as i get older that becomes like a very relatable concept for me. Oh, yeah. so, like you're a kid and you relate to you know you'd relate to hercules i'd relate to one of the the disney princesses or one of the sort of like heroic characters and now as an adult i'm kind of like i think the villain's got a point
0: <laughs> yeah and you know what it's the same with phil i think with phil you're like i could see how training young like should be talented guys would really wear you down after yeah. each one of them keep disappointing <laughs> you. Uh, and, and and also Hercules was kind of like part of when Disney started to bring in bigger name actors to play the supporting roles because you know Aladdin did it with Robin Williams, was really mm-hmm. the and and you had uh Gilbert Godfrey as Iago. Not that Gilbert Godfrey was like a huge star, but everyone knew that voice, everyone mm-hmm. knows Gilbert Godfrey's voice, whereas in like Hercules. You kind of did all these really, you know, semi well known to big movie stars like Danny DeVito, guys like James Woods. Rip Torn plays Zeus in it. And again, it's a voice that it's like everyone knows who Rip Torn is. Even if you don't know him for outside of maybe a few things, you know that voice. Um, mm-hmm. And then really like Tate Donovan's not a big name actor. He plays Hercules. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's also a movie that introduced kind of like a. a disney female character who's super sassy and funny and just like it's like the i don't need a man woman and you're like yeah i kind of i kind of get it she probably Mm -hmm. has seen a lot of bs in her day but she's a great character has a good song like she's a lot of fun she's very sardonic and it's like Mm -hmm. you know she was kind of you know she was a really fun juxtaposition to hercules aw shucks like just trying to be the hero um uh and uh and then in emperor's new groove you have a great team of david spade and john goodman working together like Mm -hmm. like that kind of turned out to be like a little match made in heaven with with their characters and that one again it's a very uh you know they're they're not like traveling the world it's like here's this this town they or you know i guess it wouldn't be a town but where they live and now it's just a simple story of He just needs to get him back to his castle so he could find the potion, turn it back into a human uh, with a lot of good jokes uh, in that movie. (laughs) Like I said, I think, I think Emperor's New Groove is the, is probably the funniest Disney movie uh, of any Mm. of their animated uh, feature films.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that to, to touch on uh, Meg quickly because she is one of my favorite Disney characters. I love that Disney kind of put this sort of like throwback, like dame in one of their mm-hmm. disney films like very it feels very like may west and like this sort of classic hollywood kind of characters is is what she feels like and it's it's very refreshing to ha- just have a different kind of female character i mean she literally says that like she's you know a damsel in distress but she can handle it like it i don't i do not think at the time <laughs> i really it thought about how much of a difference that made to me but like growing up i'm just like yeah, that's a really great character to to have, and it's. I mean, Hercules is followed by Mulan, which is like my favorite Disney film. Of all time. <laughs> so really nailing the the good female characters in in that era of Disney. But yeah, I I watched these two back to back today, and what a fun morning I had! Nice, <laughs> like, that's awesome. <laughs> such a great double bill, and you you said sort of right at the top, like the how similar the animation style is, and they do look like they're sort of like cut from the cut from the same cloth in terms of how they look, but also tonally like they, this is feels like a really zany kind of era for, for Disney. And these, these two films in particular feel like those slightly edgier, like a bit cooler Disney films. Like it's away from the sort of classic princesses, good guys, bad guys. Like it has those elements, but it just feels like there's, there's a lot in there where they were sort of realizing like, it's not just kids that like these films. Like <laughs> yeah, there well, should and, be some stuff in there for everyone.
0: And, and Disney, like, while nowadays it's, it's fine to be like, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 and go to like a Pixar or Disney movie. But like growing up, especially before our time, it wasn't cool to go to Disney movies. Disney mm, was uh-huh. like, Oh, it's for kiddies It's for little kids. And, and, for old people to, or, or parents to take their little kids to. And it just, it wasn't cool. And then like you had kind of during the Renaissance you had where they started to be like, let's get edgier. And, and a movie like mm-hmm. Hercules is, is such a fun movie, no matter your age. Cause again, there's a lot of like very nineties references to like Air Jordans, you know, <laughs> and especially look, I come from, I, I live in Illinois michael jordan played for the bull everything michael jordan in the 90s was huge uh and mm-hmm. so like the mm-hmm. the fact that they kind of they kind of mimic that in the, in one of the best montages ever the you know who put the glad in gladiators hercules yeah. and it's like that montage is, is fantastic
1: but it's so good
0: yeah it's just um i think both of them kind of represented disney being like we we need edgier movies that aren't the classic fairy tales Um, Mm -hmm, and you took mm -hmm. a, a, you know, a Greek classic fairy tale in Hercules, but you, you did it your own way and and Emperor's new groove. I don't know really how they came up with that, but you know, it's like, okay, that's just a cool, it's a, it's a, it's kind of like the fun um, road trip buddy movie. It's like a, Mm -hmm. it's like a Tommy boy type thing where you're going to pair two characters up who don't mesh well, and then you have a fun adventure uh, with Mm -hmm. them. And now What's funny is we're about to shift to a movie that is not uh, very kid-friendly yeah. and super adult, and I remember seeing it as a kid and not realizing how damn adult this movie is, and that is, again, one I really like, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which, mm-hmm. um, again, not a very big Rotten Tomato score. It's like a 71%, has like a 7 point, you know out of 10, and IMDb, which is fine, but it's like, man... I appreciate that movie way more as an adult, especially the opening two numbers of that movie are, Mm -hmm. I think two of the best like sung songs, uh, but you know, the song out there I think is the best uh, Disney song in terms of like a singing performance along with the Mm -hmm. animation. I just think it works so well. It's very mature though. I just rewatched that movie this morning and it's like, Man, the middle part of that movie is a lot of, like, adult (laughs) themes. And, like, just (laughs) as I saw that movie, as I like how you say it, in the cinema. Cinema sounds way Mm. better than the movie theater. (laughs) But, like, uh, I saw that. I remember my grandmother took me to see that. And it was the first time I've ever been to the movies with her. Mm -hmm. And, like, Frollo's song about basically wanting Esmeralda or killing her is, Mm -hmm. like, holy crap. how how did that get in this movie like you think of it's not it's not a kids movie for like half of that movie and and only the bits with the gargoyles bring it back to like oh here's the silly parts which is fine but it totally feels like the gargoyles are only in there because they're like oh shit we don't have anything for kids really in this movie (laughs) this is uh we need some zany characters because this is very deep
1: yeah, that's the that's one of the main reasons why I do not like the gargoyles because they they just feel so tonally different from everything else in this film, but when I was a kid, they were probably the only things I liked about this film because <laughs> most of it just went over my head I think you sort of you take it in on sort of surface level like I enjoy the songs and the colors and the characters and there's some funny stuff happening and there's a, a cute little goat character but <laughs> the rest of the like the really dark stuff like does go over your head but like now watching it as as an adult and I remember watching it for the podcast and obviously re-watching it for for this it's I, I find myself becoming just increasingly annoyed by those what i see now as distractions because the rest of the story is so good and so dark mm-hmm. and so adult i kind of i mean disney would have never done this just to clarify because no, it's, it's no. not their thing but like it, i kind of wish they had just embraced it and gone we're gonna make an, a, an adult animation and this it, it feels like the, the 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 best fit for that for that kind of thing i mean it would have been it would have absolutely tanked you know it would not oh, have, yeah. it would not have succeeded had they done that but i feel was, like it
0: you... was a box office hit but like mm, it definitely mm-hmm. if you took out the gargoyles that was the yeah. selling point to show kids like oh it's a fun movie and it's like <laughs> yeah it, it, <laughs> there's parts of it that are fun I and mean, then there's a lot that <laughs> that is like uh very um and, and you know, and I'll say this: like it's very adult. It, it gets doesn't really get into religion, but uses kind of the idea of how it was so easy to just kind of pull that card back in the day. You know, he mm. makes the we were when we were watching it this morning when Esmeralda disappears, and he's like witchcraft, and I'm like, oh god, you know how many women had to be like you know how many times i was accused of being a witch because like someone Mm -hmm. got pissed at me (laughs) like like that was definitely uh frollo is a great he's a great villain because there is nothing redeemable about Mm, him he is like just mm -hmm. straight up you could just tell it's it's all sexually driven with him especially asmeralda he's just like you know that fire scene is uh as an adult watching it's so good but you're also just like oh you you dirty dog f- yeah frollo.
1: <laughs> he'll need some therapy i think <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is, this is a hangover the next scene and he's just like oh i had a- trouble with my fireplace i'm like i bet you did
1: yeah <laughs> you, that's what they call it <laughs>
0: Yeah, you dirty son of a bitch frollo <laughs> yeah
1: there is i mean he is he's so he's such an extraordinary disney villain because he is absolutely mm. diabolical but i mean a lot of the disney villains are some of my favorite characters my Mm all-time favorite disney character is ursula she's a villain i love the evil queen i love maleficent i really freaking love the villains like even more so as i've gotten older and i can say that frollo is one of the best disney villains because of how evil he is but he has nothing (laughs) he does not have the the charisma that those characters have where they're sort of like oh i you know i i understand what they're what Mm-hmm. you know their reasoning or a kind of their their motivations for doing what they do whereas for i'm just like god you're just a just a real just a real prick <laughs> <laughs> like, no he, oh, he is man. i think i
0: think he's the first of like the popular or not not that popular but like the first of the mainstream disney villains where it was like he's not about charisma it's like he is just a straight up I want to kill these gypsies. There's nothing mm-hmm. funny about him. There's no, like, evil twirling the mustache. Like, like I think mm-hmm. the closest villain to him is, like, a Scar, but Scar's so fun because he's so charismatic, so, so charismatic and, like, yeah. you know, he's so, f- like, flamboyant at times mm-hmm. where it's just, like, he's a fun character, but, like, Frollo's a straight-up, like you said, just a prick. He is, yeah. uh, <laughs> he was Disney being, like, we really, uh, this guy's not this guy doesn't get a single laugh in the movie does he they're like no 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 we're not giving him any fun and and, you know it's it's the first villain i think i could be wrong you know i but but i think he's the first villain that doesn't have a sidekick that's like the 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 comedic sidekick or like the Mm. comedic levity of his situation i think it's just he's just by himself it's him because like you know phoebus isn't his sidekick he's just someone who works under him who doesn't Mm -hmm. approve Mm -hmm. of anything he does played by the great kevin klein who's awesome in that role and it's like of course him and demean more it's like well yeah but sorry quasi you were you were just never gonna get esmeralda (laughs) and 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 that scene is kind of heartbreaking when you see it as an adult because it's like he goes through so much but he you know ultimately it's like they're also the ones who treat him like a person And, like, he's really the only, like, Disney main character who I truly feel super bad for that it's not like, not that you don't feel for the other ones, but, like, he really, it's like he's just stuck in his bell tower because you see what Mm -hmm. happens when he tries to be around people. And that's all he wants. He just wants to walk around and not be treated like he's some menace to society.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a great character, and I, I mm-hmm. think, I, I, as sad as it is, I, I like that he doesn't sort of get the girl at the end. Well, it'd be I very, it'd be,
0: it's... it'd be pretty unrealistic. No offense. Quasi, it, yeah, it, but... <laughs> it, would, it would
1: be unrealistic, but also just that's kind of what happens in all the Disney films, and this yeah. one feels. I mean, it doesn't even feel like a Disney film. Like that's how no. different it feels. <laughs> it's got, it's got those familiar elements there but there's also so much of it that is that is so different but i i i i like that and i think it's one of the reasons why it i mean again like doesn't have sort of much presence in the in the parks i mean Mm -hmm. even like esmeralda she's sort of like sometimes is included in like the 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 princess gang but isn't obviously isn't a disney princess doesn't really have the kind of character at the parks like it rarely do they sort of feature at the at the parks but it's one of those films that like i i don't know anyone who doesn't like this film but i think a lot of people are just like it's a lot (laughs) and it is and that's fair
0: (laughs) yeah and it's one that i'm i'm surprised they haven't tried to do the live action because it seems so oh, tailor-made i know they will <laughs> but like it, yeah. it's um i know it was like a failed stage play that they tried or maybe well i, I don't shouldn't say it failed it never came to the u.s because i think they mm. tried it out in london i think and it just didn't get the like it just didn't get the 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 pub that they were hoping for and it just kind sure. of fell down but which is a shame because i actually it, it would be a really good play um but it's also mm-hmm. like if you go by the source material in the original hunchback everyone dies the hunchback yeah. dies esmeralda like frollo Phoebe, like all of them get killed so it's like as dark as this kid one is they they do hold back but it it is definitely like there's a whole song with you know esmeralda singing to god to help them and it's like mm-hmm. oh man that's like there's just but but it's also it's so beautifully written. It's really the music yeah. in that movie is so good. And I know they're silly characters. I love the guy like you song. <laughs> uh as a kid, it was so much fun. And yeah. even now it's like, okay, look, if they're gonna be in there, at least they get a cool showstopper. But it's also something me and my wife have talked about. Are they real or in his imagination? They never tell you whether they're like, it's him interpreting his friends like mm-hmm. that. Or if they are real, and then when people are around, they, like, freeze. Almost like toys, st- like the Toys in Toy Story. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know. Do do you have a, a theory on that? Or <laughs> just they leave it kind of open to your interpretation?
1: It's funny, because me and Martin had this exact conversation <laughs> when we watched it recently. He was like, do you think they're real? And I was like, I, I don't think they are, because this... If you look at kind of like the rest of this film, it's very real. It's very... Everything in it could sort of feasibly happen Mm -hmm. apart from the gargoyles. Like there isn't magic. There isn't, you know, talking animals or or anything like that. The sort of like Disney things that we're just like, okay, yeah. We accept that those things are there because those are the rules they make for this particular world. This feels like a very real place so Mm -hmm. those gargoyles don't fit into that so i think that they are him sort of like projecting god it just makes it even sadder like it's him like projecting (laughs) his loneliness into the only things near him that resemble humans kind of and he makes them his little friends i mean wow that's real (laughs) wow That's That's uh... that's a lot yeah
0: Boy, this this podcast got super depressing now. With that, that was good. Well, then here, let's th- th- this last movie we're going to talk about. I think is has definitely gained more popularity now, and I think because a lot of people who grew up watching this movie now have uh, kids or like a family, and um, it, it's the lowest rated on both Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb of of the f- <laughs> of the f- other four movies. And this is a goofy movie, which. I loved it as a kid, but as a grown-up, I appreciate it even more. It's a fun movie. It's an easy watch. But it also is the only, like, OG Disney character between, like, Mickey, Goofy, Minnie, Donald that, like, got a movie series that wasn't a straight-to-VHS DVD special on TV. Like, it was the first time they actually tried to, like, do more of a in-theater... Uh, movie for one of these characters and I'm always surprised mm. that they never did that with Mickey Mouse like they've never made or, or at least it's been so long because Fantasia you know has the Sorcerer Mickey but it's not really his movie but it's like no. Mickey Mouse is the most popular thing in the whole world I'm so surprised <laughs> they've never <laughs> tried like a Mickey Mouse movie but but a Goofy movie uh, which came out uh, in the 90s around when they had the Goof Troop show and i'm sure that's probably why they decided to try it but i mean i just think it's a fun movie it's got fun songs it's very 90s you know Mm -hmm. um but but it's a good movie though it it got shredded by so many critics and it's like it's just a fun movie maybe maybe you have a different opinion but i think (laughs) it was it was rated pretty harsh um for what is just a very easy father-son road trip movie
1: Mm. yeah uh, this is a uh beloved childhood movie of my husband so there's no way that i could uh dunk on it because he (laughs) loved this
0: when he was a kid he's a good man martin you're a good man
1: yeah he's a he's a good guy actually as i was watching it earlier he was upstairs i was i was watching it downstairs and he was just like what are you watching down there i was like goofy movie and he was like oh yeah i thought so (laughs) thought so and it was just like i think it was like one of the songs or something he could like vaguely hear from upstairs but um I didn't, so I, this passed me by in my childhood. I don't know, I don't know why. So it was not super recently, but sort of in the last like five to 10, I've got a patchy memory, but yeah, in that sort of time that I watched it. So I watched it for the first time as, as an adult so I didn't Mm -hmm. grow up with this film but was surprised by how (laughs) by how fun it is I mean it's it's away from kind of like the main Disney canon so I think it was Disney movie tunes who produced this one so it isn't sort of considered in the if you look at like the Walt Disney animated classics it's Snow White through to Strange World like we were talking earlier and there's like a a specific kind of canon of films and then there's a lot Mm -hmm. of direct video sequels other sort of like oh, so many animated gods so many we didn't touch on the hunchback <laughs> sequel which is yeah. an abomination well,
0: um... well, a straight to dvd <laughs> or straight to video disney sequel back in the day was the kiss of death knowing it's not good or, or yeah. like there's <laughs> not much in it that you're gonna like maybe like a song or two but yeah there was yeah. a lot of those
1: yeah. And I, I feel like this maybe sort of like unfairly kind of gets dumped in with those because people sort mm-hmm. of look on like the, the Disney movie tunes ones as the sort of lesser, you know, the Walt Disney animated studio stuff is the prestige and then like Disney Toon or Disney movie tunes is sort of like the, the, the B level. But this film, I mean, for what it is, it's just a really fun the film like stand out is an absolute bop oh. and i don't care who knows it <laughs> it's such a great <laughs> such a great song like i would put that i mean it is on it probably is on some of my disney i, playlists, I, I but... have i have eye to i on, uh, <laughs>
0: on my on my on my playlist on my, my that's iPhone.
1: your go-to yeah it's pretty oh, it's, yeah. it's pretty good <laughs> it is very 90s but i think mm-hmm. that that sort of goes in its favor and i i like that there's some Uh, sort of quite like tongue-in-cheek things in their references to Disney it's sort of acknowledging that it's not part of the the elite crowd it's kind of like the goofy pun intended younger brother (laughs) of sort of like the (laughs) the the other Disney stuff so it's a lot of kind of references to to other Disney films in there but it's it's just it's it's really fun I don't know if there's there's any sort of way to describe it more than that but it's you sort of think it's going to be this this one thing, and then it is actually this, like quite touching in places. Films about this sort of father son relationship and this road trip, and how they sort of bond and and get to know each other better over that time. And then it just also has some absolute bangers on the soundtrack, which it <laughs> which helps matters. It also but, has yeah.
0: one of the most touching lines, and it's so sad, and you don't realize it when you're a kid. But I think even if you're not a parent when they're t- towards like the third act, when everything's going bad for Max and goofy mm-hmm. and they're on top of the car and Max is like, I just want to live my own life. And he's like, I know I, and goofy's like, I just want to be a part of it. And it's like, Oh God, that's so sad. Cause he's a single dad with a teenage son who wants nothing to do with him. And it's like, it's like oh you son of a bitch goofy you got me on that one that is uh I'm like I'm like I guarantee you there's uh, millions of parents who have had some type of conversation with their kid like that and mm-hmm. uh but it's also like it it's so elaborate but it's just like it's fun like you said it has these great songs in there that it's like it's 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 just a fun movie and and not every movie especially animated movies don't need to make you think it's just a fun and if if you could put heart in it which i think this movie does have heart which is why i think i I think the problem for this movie is it came out when disney was making just so many big time good movies and it kind of got like that oh well it's not as good as beauty and the beast type deal and it's like but it's not trying to reinvent the wheel it's just a fun it's really the most Light movie of really any of the '90s ones. I mean, it, it like you said, it's just a it's just a road trip movie between a dad and a son, and it uses mm-hmm. an OG Disney character who was probably one of the more popular ones for for kids growing up because Goofy's what he is. He's just Goofy.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, just looking at the the films that came out in the same year as this, it did not stand a chance in the sort of Disney. Uh, sphere because it came out in the same year as as Pocahontas and Toy Story, Ooh. so holy shit, uh, that, oh, part <laughs> and of like French, but that's, that's really yeah, and off the back of the Lion King as well, which was in ninety four, which was oh, like God. maybe the biggest most successful film they made like certainly for a long time so well n- they kept no they kept wonder piggybacking <laughs>
0: off of like it was like little mermaid was the most then beauty and the beast then aladdin yeah. then mm-hmm. lion king <laughs> and i remember seeing lion king as a kid i remember my aunt taking my aunt my mom taking us and that was like holy crap this movie's that that was my f- probably my my favorite one for like a, a period of time and i still love that, mm-hmm. movie. that movie's great but like yeah. as a kid it kind of showed you why how Disney gets the hook in you, but they're good movies. So it's like it's, it's mm-hmm. a good movie. It's fine. And um, but yeah, a goofy movie. Yeah, God, I, I didn't I didn't realize that the that they got sandwiched in between that run because that is <laughs> that is brutal. That is really not a not a envious place to be if you're the go- mm. your goofy movies. Like, couldn't you just push this back like another year or something? Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give him a chance. Like, <laughs> yeah. but- this is like so many people like love this film Mm -hmm. like it's had a bit of a uh even sort of recently in the last like 10 years or so it's had like a bit of a resurgence where sort of people Mm -hmm. have realized like i don't know if it's just sort of that nostalgia like reliving the films that you loved as a child or if now people are just well with disney plus and everything i mean these things are literally available like click of a button aren't they so people sort of discovering these Uh. films again and I don't know what it's like for you guys
0: though. One little gripe with Disney Plus about the Great Mouse Detective: put that damn movie on the scroll with all of the Disney animated ones. You have to search for that movie by itself, which pisses me off every time. Mm. I'm like, really? You have the Rescuers Down Under on there, which is a (laughs) it's an okay movie, but like no one wants to watch that. I'm like, come on! Like, uh, so sorry. The quick tangent on (laughs) Disney Plus: just like, could you throw? Throw the bo- throw a bone for Great Mouse Detective and put it on the Disney animated page. Doesn't have to be the f- first five movies, but Jesus Christ, you got like thirty on that list. You couldn't have squeezed it in there. So
1: yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm with I'm with you there. Like I yeah. I think I must have had to search for it. I mean, I've got the. I have the whole collection on Blu-ray, which I'm very proud of, and it sort of sits like nicely in my living room that I mostly just look at because normally I'm just lazy and I'm like, oh, I'll just put it, I'll put it on (laughs) on on Disney Plus, even though I've got the disc like right there. It's it's just I'm with you though.
0: I I still need to own the ones I really like. I I, (laughs) I I still like buying the DVD now what makes it convenient is when you don't want to actually get up and physically put it in it's just like "Eh, i'll throw it on disney plus
1: yeah (laughs) but like if you want to watch the special features or something then obviously most of those don't end up on disney plus as well but um for sure yeah i i have not seen the uh there's a sequel to the goofy movie isn't there an extremely extremely goofy
0: okay now i'll tell you this (laughs) it is a it's a silly movie and again very of its time because it it revolves around going to college and max and pj and bobby played by uh paulie shore uh and they're (laughs) joining the like college x games and goofy ends up going (laughs) to the same college as max because he gets fired from his job and doesn't have a college degree that movie really pushes getting a college degree and now watching it as an adult i'm like well yeah depending on what job you need but no it's it's again harmless sequel but it was very popular for mcdonald's toys i remember because everything was someone was on a skateboard in the in the (laughs) mcdonald's toys so yeah definitely one that you should run it by martin see if maybe he if he liked that one growing up but i mean it's fine it's again it's an easy movie it's not uh Not reinventing the wheel of sequels. Better than most Disney animated sequels, though. I'll I'll, I'll give it that. I'll give it that distinction, which isn't saying much. But Mm.
1: um... you uh, like ignoring the ones that kind of the major ones that have had sequels, like you know, uh, Frozen Two or Ralph Breaks the Internet. Do you have a favorite? of the lesser seen disney sequels because i absolutely do but i'm interested okay well here here (laughs) i think for me
0: of the lesser seen disney sequels i actually enjoy aladdin 2 the return of jafar
1: of the lesser
0: ones I, i actually think that one's that one's got a couple good musical numbers again though that came out in a sweet spot for me as a kid because i loved aladdin and i love mm-hmm. that there was and i was a big iago fan probably one of the few kids who likes that character as much as i did and the fact that aladdin 2 is his movie i was like uh yeah mm. sign me up but uh go ahead what's yours though i'm curious now what is your lesser known sequel
1: lion king 2 <laughs> it's, oh, so yeah. <laughs> it's so good it's so freaking good <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a great. By the way, I don't know if you watch South Park, but there is a great joke about Lion King Two, Simba's Pride, in like, <laughs> like a season that happened like six, seven years ago. But anyway, but mm. yeah, that, okay, I take it back. That's a really good one too.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, totally yes, past as well. So it's like yeah. it's they they, uh, i mean james L. jones is still in it uh, briefly but like
0: broderick and 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 nathan lane still do voices in it it's Uh just it plays with continuity because it's like where was scar's family this whole time he had Mm -hmm. a woman who and us and kids and um but again it it definitely it's a way step below but it uh it's a fun movie um yeah that's Mm -hmm. a good one that's a good one sarah good job Thank you. You, get a, you get a golf <laughs> a golf clip into the mic on that one, because uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually not a terrible sequel. Um, uh, all right. Well, bad ones. <laughs> yeah, there is some. We could we we might do maybe down the road we will do a bad Disney animated sequel episode. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I, we, you know what? This, consider this the. The, the animated part one uh, episode, because I, I think I think we got a, we got a couple of uh, what do you call the the, the songs you said? They're the boppers. Bops. Bops. Oh, we got we got some episodes <laughs> that are going to bop on some of these animated movies. Um, all right. Any any closing uh, thoughts from you uh, about these these five movies about just kind of like the the renaissance itself in the Disney world um, of animation?
1: Hmm. i will be slightly controversial and throw in another pick for very very underrated disney film which i very much enjoy um which is fantasia 2000 so shout out to fantasia 2000 for being so much better than i expected because i'd never seen it until i watched it for the podcast series that i was doing fantasia is one of my favorite films like i i i love it so much it was a big part of my childhood as well so i was very uh wary going into it that i wasn't gonna like it and fantasia is long (laughs) it is a long film (laughs) so it's like what if you take what's great about fantasia which is like the animation set to music and you put it into like an hour which is fantasia 2000 is not much over an hour it's pretty short um, mm-hmm. so it sort of like scratches that itch without you know having to spend like two and a half hours or whatever doing. Yeah, it yes an hour 15 so it's, oh, wow. it's real a quick short one. yeah and i it's, it's just really good i just really enjoy it like sometimes i i i now find myself like in the mood for a fantasia kind of film and that is one that i <laughs> especially if i don't have that much time and it's got the sorcerer's apprentice mickey uh bit in it as well that Um, sounds
0: like a meme are you in a fantasia kind of movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) always uh yeah so it's i i mean i all the films we've mentioned uh love all of those and i think they definitely fit that bill of sort of underrated because they are ones that that people really really love uh but just don't seem to get the same love as some of the the main films but yeah Fantasia 2000 is a film that I see hardly anyone talk about so any opportunity I get mm-hmm. to be like hey it's really good uh go watch it I think you know I think, I think I'm going to revisit
0: that <laughs> one now cuz I'm pretty yeah. sure my wife really enjoys that one so I think I think we're going to throw that one on that that sounds yeah. like a good I think my boys might like they love music so like I think that might be a good one to try to see if they'll sit and watch
1: yeah, because um, the first how I'm needing to look up how long Fantasia now but is is it is long. Yeah. And it's <laughs> quite a lot at times as well. Yeah, it's two hours four. So if for wow. kids I think two thousand is probably is <laughs> Yeah. I can remember like fast forwarding bits of Fantasia as a kid because <laughs> I I really loved the Mickey bit. Um I loved the bit with like the dancing animals and stuff and i probably the little pegasus cute things as well but um there was like the dinosaur bit i can remember as a kid being like nope don't like it too scary <laughs> and then hey, turn it fair, off before that... it got to the end
0: <laughs> all right well hey why don't you tell uh, all the fine folks listening where they could find you and if they would like to uh, check out some of the podcasts that you'll be working on
1: yeah definitely you can find me on uh twitter i'm always talking nonsense and posting pictures of my cute dog over there so that's uh, at very sarah cute dog Buddy. by the way
0: that is that is not <laughs> that is not you being biased your dog is very cute
1: She's very very cute yeah <laughs> at sarah buttery is uh where i am on twitter and uh if you want to listen to let's jaws for a minute we talk about things that aren't just jaws so come and give us a listen i feel like the name is sort of like oh you only talk about jaws but we, uh, we do talk about it a lot but also other things right. <laughs> especially at the right. moment so again i vouch uh, for that
0: podcast definitely listen to it. if you like jaws even a little bit it is fun so thank you uh,
1: thank you yeah. no this,
0: this was a this was a blast god that time flew by so uh <laughs> um thank you so much because part of getting to that i got to to learn uh leading a podcast is i got to keep track of time and i'm like okay i think <laughs> we're reaching where i'm like okay we could keep going but uh, that was uh yeah that was a blast sarah thank you so much like i said we will definitely uh down the road may you know maybe do like a part two with some uh talk about some bad animated movies i think that'd be a fun episode oh, um yeah <laughs> So again, thank you to my guest, uh, Sarah Buttery, uh, and to everyone listening, thank you and stay tuned to see what's next in the queue. This has been another edition of Nick Flick's Podcast. I would love to hear your feedback on the movies discussed in today's episode. Feel free to leave a comment on the official Nick Flick's Twitter page, which is at Nick Flick's Pod, or on Instagram at Nick Flick's Podcast. You could also give a follow and leave a review on either Apple or Spotify that will help me reach a bigger audience. Thank you all, and stay tuned next to see what's in the queue.